Hey, how are you? I, um, I'm tired. It's a little past midnight. I did adulting stuff today. I folded laundry and did dishes after working extra late. Woohoo! The joys of being a grown up. So yeah, I'm I'm tired. And I'm hoarse because I just spent probably the last three hours while I was doing adulting stuff just singing my ass off. I was just I was singing so loud that the neighbors can probably hear me. So lucky for them. <laughs> Yeah, I keep wanting to talk about, I, I have probably tried making this episode, this is attempt number five, and I, I want to talk about last year, you know, 2020, the general consensus is that it sucked. And a lot of sucky things did happen. I will definitely grant you that. But, you know, going into 2020, I absolutely hated my job. My job still bores me to tears, but it's... 2020 gave me perspective. You know, so many people lost so much. I mean, if they were lucky, they only lost their job. If they were... If, they, if luck wasn't on their side, then, you know, maybe they lost a loved one, or maybe they lost their own life. And, you know, as boring as my job is, I have security. You know, I, it doesn't pay enough, but like, I'm not just going to lose my job because the economy went down the tubes. So 2020 really taught me to be grateful for what I had taken for granted. It taught me to be grateful for all the things that I maybe resented. I mean, not only was my job secure, but it came with health insurance. So I wasn't worried about, I mean, yes, I did not want to contract covid but I wasn't worried about my ability to get medical care if I did get COVID. I wasn't worried about my ability to pay for medical bills because I have the flexible spending account. So I knew I'd be okay. And ever since I became an adult, out on my own, one thing I really wanted to to know that I wanted to know that I was going to be okay. I wanted to know that no matter what, 
life wasn't going to beat me. That, you know, I wasn't going to suffer catastrophically. I, I always wanted this sense of security. And, you know, that sense of security is an illusion. I, I understand that. But it's something I wanted. And during COVID, I had a sense of security. And because I had that sense of security, I and and I was grateful. Like it changed my mindset to you know anger from anger and to you know gratitude. And I know you're probably like, well, why the hell would you be angry if you have a decent job? Because my job bores me to tears, and I have very little tolerance for being bored. You know, there are days when I sit at my desk and I watch YouTube videos and you're thinking probably, well, that is the life, but by nature, I'm a problem solver. And so when there aren't problems to solve or when I have employers that don't want to let me solve problems, I get frustrated, very, very frustrated. But in that pandemic that's still ongoing, I, I learned to be grateful. And, and I learned to see my bosses as, as people instead of adversaries. Like it's, True, they won't let me do things that I want to do, that I'm capable of doing. They, they deprive me of that. And it's aggravating. But... I don't know. I used to have a boss who was just awful. <laughs> like... If that person was in a mood, they would fire me just to get their kicks. And and I'm I'm not even joking. For example, I was asked to work on a Saturday. It was requested that I work first thing in the morning, and I had things I had to do at home. So I did get to work in the morning. I just, you know, didn't show up at seven in the morning. And it wasn't, it wasn't that time sensitive. There was flexibility to the work that needed to get done. As long as it got done on Saturday, we were okay. And, but the personal things I had to take care of did have a time limit because the, The other business that I needed to work with closed early on Saturday. So I, I took care of what I needed to take care of and I got to work and busted my ass. Took me maybe four hours and I was almost done. When I say almost done, I had three pieces left before I was done for the day. And that's 
when she walked in and you I could tell she had been drinking and so she stayed at her house and drank quite a bit came in and was ranting and raving about how I didn't get there at 7 in the morning and instead I got there at like 10 in the morning something maybe 11 you know I got there at a reasonable time And with three pieces left on the counter, she fired me. So that taught me to see employers as adversaries, and they're not. They're just they're just people. So, you know, I know that for so many people, COVID was and is still horrible. I've been really blessed. Like, I am so fortunate that I was able to keep my job. And just learning to be grateful for that. That has made a world of difference in my happiness. That has just been... Like, I don't carry my emotional burdens quite the same way and I don't know I just I, w I wish I wish you could have known me then I mean I was an anxious neurotic hot mess like damn just damn but being able to to have that sense of security even though it's an illusion was enough to change me from being anxious all the time to being grateful and then once you once you shed that feeling of anxiety if you can train yourself to do it in other areas of your life, I don't know, just don't get me wrong. I have my days where all I want to do is sleep and lay on the couch, couch and watch TV. But I've been able to let my fingernails grow because I'm not biting them off because I'm not anxious all the time. And that was especially pronounced uh, recently, actually, Tuesday of this week. So, if you've listened to that episode about my weird effing dream, you know that I... I had a weird effing dream, right? And <laughs> it came true. And the dream that I had had implications for my health. So I went to the doctor, I believe December 3rd. And, you know, she did the... She inspected 
up the hoo-ha, inspected, woohoo. And everything looked normal. The cultures came back normal, healthy. But I told her about my weird effing dream. I was like, look, do you mind giving me an ultrasound? And I fully expected her to just like blow me off. I really did. And she didn't. She didn't blow me off. She's like, sure, no problem. So she ordered this ultrasound for me simply based on the fact that I had a weird dream. And then when I went to get the ultrasound done, which is on December 29th, I told the, the technician, I'm like, hey, we're doing this because I had a weird effing dream. She's like, okay. I'm like, you don't think I'm nuts? Because I, I kind of thought I was nuts. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was questioning my own sanity. She's like, no, there have been plenty of times when my, my dreams came out to be true. It's like, okay. And I got my lab results back on the 5th of January. And I take that back. I didn't, I didn't get them. My doctor got them and she ordered some blood work. And based on the, the tests that they wanted me to have done, they were basically checking to see if I have cancer. So they found something on my ultrasound and so my dream was right. Uh, you know, the implications for my health were significant. Sorry, I'm playing with money. So, I go have the, the lab work done. You know, they draw my blood. I told her, hey, doing this because of my weird effing dream. She's like, huh? Finally, someone thought I was weird. Not, I, okay, I do not go around intentionally trying to prove to everyone that I'm weird, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. I'm so used to people saying, oh, I had a dream, and they're just flat out nuts. Yeah, I dreamt I was Jesus. Yeah, you're not, dude. If you are, please turn this water here into wine. Moscato, if you don't mind. No, they're like, I'm used to them. You know, the ones that need psychiatric assistance. So, I got the blood work back, and thankfully it's not cancer. But I went to visit with my doctor on Tuesday. That was the follow-up appointment, and, you know, I was aware, based on what the receptionist told me when she asked me to go get my blood drawn, I was aware that, because of what she said, that I had a cyst on my ovary, 
and it was not prepared for what my doctor told me. Apparently I have a lot more than just a cyst on my ovary. I have a cyst in my cervix. And that wasn't something she could see when she was like sticking her face all up in my business. Um, I have fibroids, which are hard tumors. They are not cancerous. They will not become cancerous. But I also have a polyp, and polyps can be precancerous. The only way you can tell is if you remove it and biopsy it. So, that weird effing dream I had, by the way, was not the first dream about this that I had. It's just the first dream that I had scared the hell out of me. So, um, the first dream I had, I, I dreamt. I dreamt that I was, I was laying down and this angel came over to me. And by the way, angels in dreams, they don't look like the pretty people with wings that the Renaissance painters did. Angels in dreams are scary looking. But that angel pointed between my legs and said, that's your weakness right there. And I thought I was being judged for, you know, liking sex. That, you know, I, it was a very direct dream and I did not, I didn't understand what was being told to me, you know, I, I was, felt so ashamed, just stopped using my vibrator for a while, like it was, but the second dream, the weird effing dream, that one, I got the message then, so. When they had me do the lab work, looking for cancer, you know, part of me knew, without a doubt, that I was going to be okay. Because why would I have a dream if I'm not meant to be okay, right? Oh, sorry, I'm so tired. If I'm not meant to be okay, why not just let nature run its course? So when I was thinking that it, you know, when I was aware that they were considering cancer, like part of me knew I was going to be okay, but I was slightly afraid. I was afraid that it was going to take more for me to be okay. Like, hey, am I going to have to do uh, chemotherapy, all that good stuff? It turns out, no. Thankfully, I don't have cancer. Um, but because of everything, I get to have surgery. I will have surgery on the 12th. Of February. 
and this whole experience So far, I've just, I've been at, mostly at peace. And I, I feel like it's definitely a mind set thing, you know, I, I think it's, instead of Going, what if this? What if that? What if... Oh my gosh. I I could drive... I could drive everyone around me batshit insane with the... What if this? What if that? To the point you'd be like, shut up! And I wouldn't blame you. But yeah, I, I can turn everyone into a neurotic hot mess just like me. But... Changing my mindset to, you know, one of peace. And thinking about, like, all the bullshit I've been through. And I've been through some bullshit. But just, like, thinking about all of the bullshit I've been through and how it's a miracle that some of that stuff didn't kill me. I'm still here. I mean, I guess that's really all the security I need. I don't need to know. I mean, yes, I do need to know if I'm going to overdraft my account, but I haven't done that in years. Like, so I, I need to stop being afraid of that, you know? I need to stop being afraid of my life, you know, going to absolute shit because, you know what, even, even when it was really bad and, and just awful, I came out okay. And so that's just like another thing that I'm grateful for. It's not just my job. It's not just that that illusory sense of security, but the genuine sense of security as in, yeah, I might go through difficult times and that's okay. Because the one constant in life is that everything changes. And so those difficult times will pass. And, and good times will come again. And then... The other thing that I've, I've been grateful for lately through this whole ordeal is... In 2013, I had to have a tonsillectomy. And the surgery center wants you to 
have someone with you for 24 hours after you have surgery. And that's still the case for the surgery I'm about to have. But they also want someone to drive you to and from the procedure. And back in the day, I had to rely on my mother. Now, my mother has narcissistic personality disorder. And I'm... I could traumatize all of you by recounting the stories I have. Because, like I said, I've been through some shit. But I'm sure you have too. You're human. Of course you've been through some shit. You're alive. Of course you've been through some shit. But... My mother... She doesn't really know how to do right by people. Especially the ones that she loves to hate. And... I'm one of those people that she loves to hate. So... After the surgery, she dropped me off at my house, pulled out of the driveway before I even got in the door. Shut the door. And immediately threw up. I'll tell you, when you have a tonsillectomy, the last thing you want to do is vomit. That is not fun. But I didn't have anyone in my life at that point. You know, I didn't have a boyfriend. I, I was still kind of new to the area. Like, I moved to Florida in 2007. And so I had my surgery in 2006. And I don't know, you're thinking, six years is not new. And I, I get what you're saying. You're absolutely right. However, I lived my life initially in a bubble. You know, I made one friend, and that was the man I married, who then, like, left in the most horrific manner. Well, that's a story for another day. But all I had was my family with this narcissistic matriarch and an ex-husband and a little baby boy. I didn't have someone who I felt like I could ask to stay with me for 24 hours. My mother would have said no. <laughs> Sorry about your luck. I just, I didn't have anyone. And this time around, my mother is not in my life anymore. Cause, because why keep people in your life that you wouldn't befriend? Why keep them in your life? Simply because you share the same genetic material. So, no. I don't have my mother in my life anymore. And that makes me so happy. 
but I have great friends now. And when I told one of my friends that I was having surgery, she asked if I had anyone to drive me to and from the procedure. And when I told her I did not, she jumped at the opportunity. She's like, I can do it! Exclamation point. Like, she wanted to. And I've never... I mean, I have... I've asked her to let me crash at her place every once in a while, but... Like, I've never wanted to impose on my friends. And so... To have... You know, another friend of mine I told me, she's like, do you have someone? And it felt so good to say, yes, I have someone who cares enough to drive me. And and I know that doesn't seem like much, but having genuine friends, I haven't always been that, that fortunate and... So even though it sucks that, you know, I'm not perfectly 100% healthy, and it sucks that I'm going to have surgery, it's so nice to be able to compare this moment when I'm having surgery to to what my life was like eight years ago. When I had no one that I could rely on like that. For me, 20, 